Welcome to Vernacular Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Each week on Vernacular, we explore the art of being truly and fully human. Most of the time, that means that Sally and I chat for 15 to 20 minutes about a topic, general or specific, and how it helps us understand what it means to be human. But we don't have all the answers, so occasionally we invite guests on the show to help us tackle this question in the context of their job or hobby, current events, or pop culture. Thanks for joining us as we practice the art of being human. All right, welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. Tonight on the show, we have a fascinating conversation about food and food preparation and how that has to do with us being human. And to join us in this conversation, we have Lara Ride on the line. You may recall a few weeks ago, we spoke with Chandler Ride, and that's a pretty unique class name, and that's because they're married. They've actually been on the show before. They talked about Stranger Things season two with us, I think it was. And uh, Lara, welcome back to Vernacular. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to talk to you. We um, loved the article that you wrote last year about your experience working long, sometimes monotonous hours in a bakery, and your interest in making baking a career, even though you have a liberal arts education. And a coffee shop recently hired you, not only as a barista, but also to design and produce your own line of baked goods for its customers. So we thought that you would be the perfect person to talk to us about food preparation, but specifically what baking has to do with being human and what does that teach us about living a truly human life. So before we dive into that, let's talk about categories for a minute. Can we, is it fair to call baking a form of manual labor or is it more like a cross between fine arts and manual labor? Zach and I were having this conversation last week and trying to figure that out. And I have no experience baking in, <laughs> in a commercial setting like you do. All, all I've done is baked at home, small batch domestic oven Your stuff. famous chocolate chip cookies. My, yeah. Exactly. Yes, I'm so glad that you heard of these chocolate chip <laughs> cookies. Yeah. They're famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so what do you think? Where does baking fall on the line of labor and arts? Labor and arts, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that baking as a whole could be – either one or a combination of both. It depends on what job, like, in a bakery you have. Um, Because, you know, you always have, like, the line of people who are just, they they really are just, like, putting together recipes, and there's not necessarily, there's not necessarily a lot of thought as to, like, the artistry of it. But if you have someone more, like, you know, a pastry chef who is in charge of, um, you know, those, those, like, prep um, cooks, would probably have they would that baking would probably more be along the lines of art for them. Right. So I guess, uh, yeah, just it, it would depend on what what job within a, a bakery setting you have. But I think for the most part, you could definitely say that it it combines both like a creative eye and um and also just yeah the work of your hands. So it's it's a, definitely a combination of both. I think this is what I was thinking too. I was I was kind of trying to distinguish in my mind like working in a bakery or a restaurant from being a dedicated recipe developer or you know the person who as you said actually right. designs the food or the dishes. Yeah, well and I think it also would depend on what type of baking we're talking about. Like are you just making yeah. are you are you working in a Wonder Bread factory and and <laughs> yeah. baking thousands <laughs> of loaves of Wonder Bread or are you working as a wedding cake baker cuz I mean that to me is the epitome of the baker as an artist, someone who makes these incredible creations, part of which are not even edible, you know, right, co- right. covered with, uh, what's, what's that, what's that, fondant, um, is it? fondant? fondant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Covered with that stuff that you're not supposed to eat, but it, it's, you know, a canvas and they, 
make it their art. So there is certainly this continuum even in the baking industry and different positions on there would meet meet different criteria for art or labor. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's just kind of a helpful starting point for what is this this thing that we're talking about when we're talking about baking and what does that have to do with being human? But to kind of get into the meat of what we want to talk about, I was thinking about how our society is very um, education and career driven. And on the whole, I would say, you know, there's exceptions, but most parents and educators would encourage young people to avoid the more trade jobs or like what we think of as blue collar jobs that center on manual labor, maybe like baking, and pursue something that's more intellectual and that doesn't even require any working with their hands. So some people might just say baking is entirely manual labor because you are doing so much with your hands. And on vernacular, we talk a lot about human embodiment, uh, the fact that we are not just a body, but a union of soul and body. And this fact suggests that human beings will flourish not only in intellectual pursuits, those things of the mind, but also in physical and manual pursuits because we we are a body as well. So let's just chat, the three of us, what is the difference between these two pursuits? Laura, in your article, you you uh, categorized them or labeled them as the liberal arts and the, the servile arts, or when I was doing some reading, the, also called the mechanical arts. So what's the difference between these two? Classically, the difference has to do with the end uh, for each of these arts. So for the liberal arts, the end um, is like the, the purpose for the, for the liberal arts is found within themselves. So like a poet is, cre- is writing poetry for its own sake, um, whereas for with the mechanical or the servile arts, um, the end exists outside of the um, of the action. So it's, it's the end is for something else. So so you rather than like a poet writing a poem for its own sake, you have like a contractor building a house, uh, not for its own sake because you don't just have a like a house existing for its own sake. Right. The house is meant to shelter someone. So. So, so there, like the, so the difference is where the end lies. Practically, when you look at that, um, the the liberal arts are definitely more intellectual and uh, more academic, I suppose, in their um, in their sphere. Whereas the servile arts are manual, like they're weaving and like it, classically, it's like weaving and um, I guess something like uh, maybe carpentry and um, and, and cooking and all that. So all of those things that you do with your hands, whereas the liberal arts are accomplished with more just with the mind um, and the body is not as much involved in it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think, though, that, I mean, maybe just to flesh out your explanation a little bit more, I talked about the Wonder Bread worker versus the wedding cake baker. And the Wonder Bread worker is really just making food to be consumed so that people can have caloric sustenance. And the wedding cake maker is not really concerned with I mean, sure, it's nice if you, if the wedding cake tastes delicious, but that's not really the primary aim of the wedding cake maker. The wedding cake maker is trying to make this beautiful masterpiece that helps people think about the momentous occasion that they're attending when they're at a wedding. So I think that illustrates what you're saying. The, the, the cake maker is doing something that isn't ended in and of itself to make a beautiful piece of art. The Wonder Bread line worker is trying to feed people. Yeah, I think it gets, it gets complicated in our, uh, I don't know, modern society because you have architects too who make houses just for kind of show, just to kind of show off their skills and creativity and not actually 
for the purpose of living in them. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I like this distinction for a couple of re- I don't like the distinction for a couple of reasons, but I like it for a couple other reasons. And one of the reasons I like it is because it uh, it draws our attention to the fact that some of the careers that are most pursued today, that of, for example, an investment banker, you know, someone who works ridiculously long hours doing investment banking and makes a ton of money, that is not in the same class of pursuits that we would think of as something like painting that really doesn't have much of a financial future behind it unless you're very, very, very good and very recognized. But it, uh, it, it's really, it's not in it in itself because it's really geared towards the accrual of wealth and material possessions. Yeah, I was thinking about that even with the, the poetry example because sometimes poets just find themselves writing, you know, if they have a career doing that, they could just be writing poet poems just for the sake of getting them published, right. just for making money. And so it kind of, it's, even though the, the, you know, the original goal of poetry, like way back when with our Greek philosophers and everything would have been just poetry for the sake of poetry, it gets kind of messed up in our, in our society where we're focusing on career. And that kind of goes back to what I said originally, that our society is just so focused on what is the career you're going to have? What is the education right. you're going to have? And how are you going to make money? Well, and I think it's important to yeah. to point out that one of these is not greater than the other. And I know that was a major thrust of the article you wrote, Laura, but I really appreciated how you were, in effect, calling for a, a renaissance of the servile arts. And you can correct me if I'm wrong because you wrote the article, but as I understand your argument, part of that was because the servile arts or the mechanical arts can benefit from an infusion of the liberal arts. So the liberal arts can help us better understand how to accomplish the mechanical arts in a more meaningful way. Another thing that I would want to point out is that the liberal arts may be ends in and of themselves and they may be more intellectually demanding. But that doesn't make them any less meaningful or any more meaningful than the mechanical arts. And in some ways, I think they're they're less meaningful. I mean, the other descriptor for the mechanical arts, like we talked about, is the servile arts. And the servile has two definitions. One is basically characteristic of a slave, which is not a good way to think of the mechanical arts. But the other one is basically um, tending towards service or um, showing an excessive willingness to serve. And I think that's a really good way to think of the servile arts. And if that's the case, then this is a great a great thing for people to do because pursuing a mechanical slash servile art in the best way that you can will make you a much better servant of your fellow humans. Right. What, what I um, wrote about in the article and what you're um, describing here is the whole idea that the two are meant to be partners and not supposed to be like opposition. Right. Um, it's not that we are affirming the liberal arts and saying that it's bad to work with the body or, that it's, um, you know, that that the body is like less lesser than the mind or something like that. But it's also not that we're saying like, oh, we should like, it's only the 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 manual labor that's like really important, and all of the other stuff is just kind of right, um, not essential to to um, human life or something. But yeah, the two are really meant to be partners, and uh, the. So while having a liberal arts education or or studying the liberal arts um, or just participating in them enriches your understanding of um, the the natural world, your understanding of of um, the physical like reality in which you live, um, and and therefore enriches like that manual labor which you're performing. The the mechanical or servile arts give you an occasion to um, 
to put like put into action everything that you're learning or that you're studying with the liberal arts. So, but really, both like you can't really have one without the other, or at least I think a life lived um, only in one domain is a kind of a life half lived because you're not putting you're not really um, putting into practice the things um, that that the other one is is giving you. Yeah, and I think that just points back to me the fact of our embodiment, the fact that we are a body and a soul. And so a truly human life is going to be one that activates both of those parts of ourselves. Can we can we talk a little bit more specifically about baking? So pivot this discussion a little bit from the mechanical slash liberal distinction and instead talk more specifically about baking that I think can help illustrate this distinction. So Lara, this is your expertise since you're a baker and barista now. So what does making food have to do with human? Um, I think the the first and most obvious thing here is that humans, as unions of body and soul, need calories to stay alive, right? So <laughs> we need we need to eat yeah. food to stay alive. So at a very basic level, the mechanical art of food preparation can help us stay alive. But I'll just uh, put that out there, and we'll pivot to you, Laura, and ask you what you think about what baking has to do with being human. This is something I really wrestled with a lot um, when I was in college and. Studying English, um, but then also really loving to bake and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with those two interests. But I think that if you I mean if you think about how food really provides an occasion for so much of human of so much of culture, um, and is often the thing around which humans gather and converse and build relationships. You can see, like once you once you think about that, then you realize that um, that food and and then baking, which is you know the production of that food, is um, really essential to a good human life. On a very physical level, yeah, we need we need food. We and but then on a more um, like thinking even more spiritually or emotionally um, or relationally, food provides the opportunity for for the growth in those things um, and nourishes us at an even more deeper level than just um, our stomachs, <laughs> you know, and it nourishes right, right. Um, our brains and our hearts. Yeah, well, on that point real quick, so I got a, a text from a friend last Friday evening and he said, hey, this is late notice, but I'm going up to, uh, I'm, I and a friend are going up to uh, a small town in Texas. It's It's an hour and 50 minute drive away. But it's this place called Snow's Barbecue. You can look this up, our listeners, if you're curious. And it was voted by Texas Monthly Magazine as the best barbecue in Texas. And it was an hour and 15-minute drive. We went up there. This place is only open once a week for four hours on Saturday yeah. Saturday mornings from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. <laughs> and so we get up That's there. Amazing. Yeah, it was cool. We got up there right as they were opening. And there was already a huge line. So then we stood in line for an hour and a half. And then we got our barbecue. And this was, bar none, the best barbecue I've ever had. It was incredible. And I I love barbecue, but I, I, I don't um, – it's not my favorite cuisine. I definitely appreciate it. But for the two guys that I was with, it is their favorite. And I made some, like, half-joking comment about how, for some people, barbecue is, an, is a spiritual experience. And, uh, <laughs> and one of the guys that I was with nodded his head. He was like, really? And then, <laughs> and then he, paused, and he, he paused, and he was like, no seriously <laughs> and and uh and i mean i was half joking when i said it but the way he responded made me realize that no i mean you're right it, for 
this this is one of the powers I think that food has. It yes. food I think can speak to the union of body and soul in a way that few things can. And it is this sort of like quasi spiritual experience when you have really fantastic and incredible food. It's something that you remember and that you savor and that you can go back to in your mind for years afterward in some cases. Yeah, I love that that anecdote. I um and I think not to go off too far on the line of consumption, um, because we'll be talking about eating next week when we um, have another guest on. But I um, am reminded of this podcast that I was listening to with uh, Chef David Chang. And he was saying that one of the things that he looks for is not only just nourishing, but this, and this goes back to your article, Laura, where you said, baking both nourishes and delights people. and But he looks for that moment when people are eating and they're enjoying their food and then suddenly they stop talking. They're like, wait, we have to stop talking. We we need to focus on our right, food right. <laughs> because it's just <laughs> – it just engages your your whole person. And um, I also saw an, saw an article recently about how baking and cooking helps with our emotional well-being and stress levels. So it's not only providing that that service to the people who are eating the food, but also you yourself who are doing the baking or the cooking or the food preparation. You are being – your soul is being nourished by that whole process, which I think is so cool because it's just – it's employing our, our whole person in, in that process of making the food. Yeah, the real reason I'm baking, I'm working as a baker, is just because it's cheaper than therapy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And we are fans of therapy. No. So. <laughs> Huge fans, yeah. We, I mean, one of our previous episodes is called Everyone Needs a Therapist. <laughs> but maybe everyone should become a baker, too. <laughs> I definitely find even, yeah, when I feel stressed about something, even though baking is definitely not my forte, that it is a de-stressing activity to use your hands in that way and to know that you are – through the food that you're making, you are spending your energy and time serving and giving yourself to other people. And Zach mentioned that earlier on the show, that it's such a self-giving kind of act because you know that someone's going to enjoy this and you know that all of your labor is going to going to find, you know, come to fruition in the mouths and the stomachs of the people that you're serving. And I just think that that takes baking kind of out of that realm of just like pure manual labor. And it's also, I mean, it's also a very intellectual act. I mean, in it, in a sense, it's not like I wouldn't say I wouldn't at all call it academic or anything. Well, actually, in some cases, potentially, but it's it's definitely um, like what I what I realized is that I really should have been paying attention more in my chemistry classes um, mm. in high school um, because I've just been. I mean, ever since I started seriously baking, I've just been fascinated and thrilled by the the chemistry um of cooking and everything that's going on like all of the different chemical reactions that are taking place um that in order to like make this delicious you know piece of pastry it's really like you you learn so much more about the natural world when you're working with your when you're like really working with it with your hands um and observing all of these um, you know, different phenomena like occurring. It's that has been one of the things that I've just been surprised, I think, by. Um, like I wasn't I wasn't expecting that necessarily when I really got into baking, but um, I've definitely found it to be more intellectual than I thought it would be. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I think that that kind of segues into my a point that I wanted to make about how making food and baking is a craft that we hone and we refine, and it requires so much. You have to pay attention in the moment to what you're doing because you are like you're creating. There's food chemistry happening right there, and yeah. you you have to be aware of how your ingredients are reacting to each other and the environment and the temperature of the room and all these things. And you have to take that really seriously, and that that requires a work of the intellect for sure. That um, it's not just this quote unquote mechanical following of steps. You have to be, you have to be paying attention to it. And then ultimately it's that, that intellectual labor as well as manual labor that you can take pride in later. Exactly. Yeah. It definitely requires that you are present in the moment that you're like living immediately, which you guys just talked about in a previous episode. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're almost out of town in this, uh, out of time for this conversation, but um, I do want to commend to our listeners a book called Shop Class as Soulcraft by Matthew Crawford. Mr. Crawford originally wrote this long essay in a journal called The New Atlantis, and it was called the same thing, Shop Class as Soulcraft. He later expanded it into a book, but it includes a lot of the ideas that we're talking about here. Um, and he encourages people to pursue manual labor because of the intrinsic value that manual labor has. Um, and the external value that it, that it produces as well. And um, his, his, his story is pretty inspiring. He basically turned from a life of liberal arts pursuits to one of manual labor and uh, never looked back. And uh, I'd encourage you to go read that. And Laura, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for the work that you're doing at the coffee shop there. We'd love to come by and try some of your baked goods and drink some of your coffee. And thank you for coming on and talking to us about the importance of the mechanical arts and how they can be informed by the liberal arts. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great chatting with you guys.